Trust the process. How's everybody doing? Uh, I just had to take a shit. Whatever, whenever an oxycodone is for my knee, because it's pretty bad. I don't think oxycodone changes depending on the body part you take it. I don't know what oxycodone is. Like, what's it? Touch my hand. It's an opiate. It's a painkiller. Yeah, but I don't know what kind. Bob. There's oxycodone and there's oxycodone. Cotton stands for continuous release. Oxycodone is instant release. It's codone. Either way you look at it, it's instant fantasticness. My wife just texted me. It's Percocet, you fucking dork. Oh, Percocet's my favorite. Percocet's also an opiate. Yeah. And I usually like that. My favorite. A little bit more mild than Oxy. Yeah. I've never had never had Nazi. Um My favorite was Delotted. Oh Pan Didn't like that at all. Oh I love Delotted. I love snorting Delotted's big time. <sighs> so you should start to try shooting him up your arm. Actually showed me how to do that. He's like, if you ever want to, and I'm like, No, I'm good, dude. I'm good just Yeah, that's <laughs> at the point I return once that happens. So you know, like for the last month my knee's been all fucked up and I go to my orthopedic tomorrow. Yep. Um, yesterday, yesterday I was helping my roommates move some stuff upstairs, which had nothing to do with what happened. But I was pushing with my left hand, and I took a step with my right leg, and I felt something just move in my kneecap, like go, and I could barely put any weight on it. It's a little better this morning. My wife put a pillow under my feet when I was asleep trying to keep it elevated but uh i was hoping maybe whatever it was snapped back into place but from the way it feels right now i'm gonna assume that's not the case <laughs> you gonna go to the doctor tomorrow get it checked out yeah dude i've been waiting a month to get in there so wow yeah orthopedics are hard to get into this time of year man because you still got all... The snowbirds haven't left. Yeah, it's very weird that they haven't left yet. It's because we're more... It's because we're more open than other states. They're not gonna leave. Yeah. And, and we're becoming... Most of them are coming back up here to Michigan. And most of them know right now that we're a hot spot. And they don't want to come back up here. Yeah, and we're still... We're still under the most lockdown conditions in the country. Next to California. Not locked down um, in my, enough, in my opinion. I'm still working. I was gonna say... I think me and Doug know like probably six people off the top of our head who just moved to Florida. I'm curious. So what's it what's it like up there? What are your restrictions still? Oh well, it's it's complete mass mandate. You're not supposed to leave the house unless you go to a grocery store. But it's not uh, being enforced. Yeah. It's not being enforced because almost not half the UP. people in yeah not up here because I've been in almost every store and there's people that are wearing them and then there's people that aren't wearing them and they're finding a way to coexist. So yeah. I was driving a guy last night. He was down here from uh, California. And he's like, look, man, he's like, I'm a teacher. He's down here. He's a pickleball pro. And he's playing in, like, the World Pickleball Championships <laughs> in Naples. Really nice dude. He's like, you know, he's like, whether masks work or not, he's like, you know, I want to ride in your car. I got to wear a fucking mask. That's just the way it is. Yeah. I'm like, you are correct. I have to wear it at work, but I'm, I wear it when I'm not at work. Just because within a 50-mile radius, everybody that lives in this little town goes out of this little town to the same spots. Every weekend, no. I go grocery shopping an hour away, and I see 10 people I work with. And I'm like, it's just, to me, it's not worth it to say, yeah, I saw him at the so-and-so without wearing a mask, and he's not been shot yet. And So I just, to me, it's easier to just say, fuck it. I don't, and I don't mind wearing it, because nine times out of ten at this point, People I haven't seen in a while don't really recognize me, and they kind of look at me, but then they leave me to fuck alone, and I kind of like it. I like being left to fuck alone, wearing a mask, so I got no complaints. I'm a sheep. I have no, I have no problem with anybody wanting to wear a mask who wants to wear a mask. I just don't like being told that you have to wear one. That's all. Well, nobody likes wearing I a wear, condom, but it's the smart thing to do. <laughs> I wear a mask inside every customer's home, and, uh, you know, every... I'm going to say four out of ten customers, when I walk in, they're like, 
you don't have to wear that if you don't want to. Yeah. And I go, and I go, thank you, and I take it off because it's a lot easier to do my job without that fucking thing on my face. So, but I wear it just to, just to put people at ease, and I do wear it every time I go to a Galatasaray supermarket or public place, and I just, I just. And, I, and if I was in a job like that, John, I w- I totally agree with you. I would do the same thing. I had one lady. I was working on a fucking stack washing machine, and the mask dropped down when I was working on it, and she immediately was like, please put that over your nose. And she's she's literally 20 feet away from me. We had... Oh, never mind. I and, I was, and I just went, come on, lady. Did everybody see that video I sent them of, the, of what Canada's doing? I watched like, the first like 10 seconds of it. I was driving when it happened. They're doing like what? Like a martial law mandatory fucking you- lockdown in, in Ontario. You can't leave. You can't leave your house even to go to a grocery store. And if you are out, police have complete power to stop anybody they want, whether they're breaking any laws or not, and demand what they're doing, where they live, who they are. And if they don't have a valid reason for being outside of their house, they're placed under arrest. Is this based off of COVID, or what is this based off of? Oh, using COVID as the guys for it, yes. But it's Canada. I mean, how many people are really going to throw a big hissy fit over it? Like I told you, man, my 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 GP, he's from the Philippines, and he said where he lived, where he grew up, and his family still is, when COVID broke out, it was simple. If you went out at night, you got shot. That was that. He's like, guess what? Our cases went way the fuck down. Crime evened out. Yep. <laughs> China at the beginning of it. They actually hired government-paid welders to go around and weld people's homes, home doors shut. What? Jesus. That's not a. I'm not kidding. That's not a joke. There's no hyperbole there. That's the government of China had people go around welding people's doors. You know what? You're right. I wrote that on uh, on 4chan. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say I saw it on 8chan, but I mean, they're, they're they shit into holes in the ground. They don't even use toilets. So I mean, the barometer of that, what, I'm not taking I, shit from those people, man. I don't think that's entirely true. I that mean, is entirely true. I mean, I'm sure there's places that have toilets and bidets, like the rich parts, but I've listened to Ari Shafir throughout the course of a year on his podcast while he was traveling through Asia and going through China and talking about, like, I literally had to bend over and hold my ass open and shit into a hole in the ground. He's like, they don't have public toilets. It's holes. Oh, that's who, Bob, you said you didn't believe that? I can yeah. tell you fact it's that way. In uh, Dubai, it's Muslim. It's it's mainly Muslim countries, but Malaysia, Dubai, you go into a mall, and it's a beautiful mall where, like, everything is trimmed out in gold. You go into the public bathroom, and it's no joke. Walk in, and then there's, like, a step up. There's no walls, and it's just a row of holes in the ground that you squat over, and you shit into the ground. Well, they have squat-style toilets, which they still have in Paris and Rome, which have been around forever. Oh, yeah, those are... (laughs) Those are white European countries. I'm talking about like <laughs> that's the major. That's the majority of China. That's, also. that's China. I'm not talking about China. China and Japan have, have toilets. I'm talking about like Malaysia. I'm talking about like Dubai. Muslim countries where there's a huge Muslim population. This whole conversation is. Wait, I, first of all. If people want to take offense at four, I'll give you the four white cis dudes, fine. But if you want to take offense to four guys just having an honest conversation, trying to figure out how people shit, like, yeah, it's not in good taste, but come on, man. We're just curious. I don't think we're being offensive. Oh, man. I could do an entire episode on the, on the ways the whole entire globe takes dumps. I would love to find out. I'm fascinated. We'll save that for the other podcast. That'll, that'll be, okay. That'll be our pet project, finding out how everyone in the world shits. No take backs. you got to follow through. All right, I'll take New Zealand and Australia. You work on Europe. Oh, man, I can't wait to get to the Czech Republic. Hold on one second. Well, honey, my wife says she'll help with research, yeah. In Hindu and Muslim... Uh, cultures, the pro, pro, the squat toilet is generally quite high, and the practice is cleansing water. India, here, I'm just... Australia, New Zealand... You're fucking up our next podcast, Paul. <laughs> you can be a guest right. on it if you want. You too, John. 
<laughs> we'll break it. Good. I'm good. <laughs> we'll, we'll treat it like where in the world is Carmen San Diego. We'll go globe trotting for how people take jumps. It always makes <laughs> me think of that Simpsons episode where Bart calls Australia to ask you if the toilet's flow the other way, and the kid runs like five miles to his neighbor's house, oh. and the phone bill's like nine hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Did anybody do Adam Sandler top five, or do we want to skip that? Oh, yeah, I did. I did. Yeah, I have my top five. Johan? He's frozen. He's frozen. All right. Our top five, do they have to be in order or just in no particular order? I've got mine in order, but it doesn't matter. I don't think it matters. Who wants to go first? Well, we can wait until John gets on the screen. He can hear us. Okay. I think you can. John, can you hear us? John? How did he log on and is still frozen in the same position? Maybe. That's what I was saying. He doesn't move much. <laughs> oh, boy. I <laughs> oh, can't watch that. That was... That was... That was... That was... Like, all three of you guys fucking froze, so I had to restart it, and then as I restarted it, I heard... He froze again! <laughs> and now you're all fucking frozen again. Oh, God. This is so great. as we got the audio for this. I'm so glad uh, that we are up at, ele- at 11 o'clock in the morning. Our time for this shit, man. This is uh, so entertaining. John, are you there? John, are you there? So, anyways, what were you saying? Yes, I'm here. Alright, give us your top five Adam Sandler movies. What what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> God damn it. We fuck you bullshit! <laughs> if you can hear me, John, reboot your audio. Fuck it, <laughs> oh man! Paul, you look really good. There we go. That's better. There you all go. Right. Hey. All right. Hey. All right. That only took fucking three times. Yes. Top five Adam Wait. Sandler movies. Go. <laughs> oh my god! What the fuck is? What the fuck? Tell <laughs> Jeff to stop downloading porn from Asia. <laughs> Why do I think Jeff would download porn from Greece? I don't know. Bob, funny you said that. If I had to live in any other country besides America, it would be the Isle of Crete, which is a Greek island. It is the most beautiful place in the world I've ever been. A friend of mine, he grew up in Greece, but he lived on, I can't remember what island, but he said it was so beautiful. Mainland Greece is one of the biggest shitholes I've ever been to in my life, but the island of Crete which is where Suda Bay Naval Base is, is absolutely gorgeous. He would get so mad. We would be joking at work, and we, we always pretended we were going to fight because we, we look alike. He's just a skinnier version of me and younger. And he's like, what are you going to do, old man? I'm like, punch you and make your fucking ass bleed olive oil. That's what I'll do. Top five Adam Sandler movies. Ooh, top five Adam Sandler movies. No, uh, Happy Gilmore. Happy right over me. Madison, I'm called Jam's Big Daddy. Well, in honor of the theme of this week, uh, I will pick the comedy version of The Notebook and say number five is Fifty First Dates. It's a great movie. Agreed. Uh, number four, I will do Wedding Singer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> number three, Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. Okay. Uh, number two, I'm going to go with Airheads. Nice. <laughs> This isn't fair. I had no time to fucking prep. <laughs> what are you talking I'm, about? I'm, change, I'm changing my list. Paul, shut the fuck up. I'm changing my list. No, it's bullshit. This isn't fucking fair. We literally talked about this in chat. This isn't. This is fucking bullshit. I can't read. I don't know. Anyway, Paul, your last one. <laughs> my last one. Number one is Billy Madison. That movie will always hold a place in my heart. It was one of right. the, my favorite movies as a kid. I still go back, and I think it holds up today. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Uncut Gems and Billy Madison off my list and add Airheads and The Wedding Singer. That's it. I'm done. All right, Doug. 
Um, uh, I'm going to go... <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. Um, Shakes the Clown. Not a lot of people probably here have seen it. Okay. Shakes the Clown is a... Bo- it's a Bobcat Goldwaith movie. He wrote it. He directed it. It's from the early 90s. It's got... Yeah, he a, plays Dink. He plays a fucking alcoholic cl- children's party clown who hangs out at a bar with all these other party clowns who just get fucked up. And Tom Kenny, the voice of SpongeBob, is a fucking evil clown who tries to fuck him over. And Adam Sandler, a very young teenage Adam Sandler, like remote control era, is a, is another clown at the bar. It's it's a great fucking movie if you've never seen it. I recommend it. So so he's one of the main characters, or he has a small bit part in it. He's got he's got a pretty lengthy part. Yeah, in the it was literally his second uh, movie that he was ever in. So. Was this first one like Man Overboard or something? Yeah, that's a shit yeah, box. Fucking sucked. I'm gonna go a little uh, unconventional uh, with my like my love of Adam Sandler, and I'm gonna go. Uh, you don't mess with the Zohan because I fucking love that movie. Ew. Pixels. I'm gonna throw on the list because I enjoy fucking Peter Dinklage. I enjoy that one. Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage makes that movie when he when he realizes. Uh, Sir, was it Serena uh, Williams? Like, doesn't want to be around him. He's like, I should have take. <laughs> I should have asked for Martha Stewart. Um, yeah, Pixels and Click. Click resonated with me when that movie came. Oh fuck! Okay, what's your fifth? Um, I'm gonna throw in an odd man out, but I really enjoyed the remake of The Longest Yard. It was good. It was good. Really, I I really did, I did like that quite a bit. So I'm gonna go. See if I can do it off the top of my head. Wedding Singer, Fifty First Dates, Spanglish, Happy Gilmore, Rain Over Me. Who would have thought picking five Adam Sandler movies would make my fucking head hurt so much? That's fucking weird. A side question. It's not necessarily Adam Sandler related, but most underrated comedy starring a former SNL player. Oh, there's so many good ones. But the yeah. most underrated. Right, I got I got mine. We talked about it the other week, actually. Uh, Jason Sudeikis mm-hmm. and a good old fashioned orgy. I think that movie is extremely underrated. I still haven't it's seen a it. Fucking, it's, 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 a, it's so fucking funny. It's on it's Amazon. So it's on Amazon Prime, and it is. I've watched it. Paul will tell you because we share fucking a fire stick. I've watched that movie like four or five times in the last month and a half. I love yeah, that it's movie. Funny. It's a good movie. It's got it's a, a lot of people from the league are in it. Like it's around the yep. time when the league started. Actually, one of my runner-ups would be Hot Rod. I love Hot Rod. I yeah, Hot Rod. Hot Rod's good. Hot Rod's a good flick. My SNL alumni movie is a very odd movie that I'm sure none of you have seen. I'd be amazed if you did. It's a movie that was introduced to me in seventh grade by my friend Wes when I had a sleepover at his mom's house. His mom got really upset that I watched it because she thought it was offensive. It's a movie called Neighbors. It was John Belushi's last film, and it's him and Dan Aykroyd and I believe Annette Bening. And it is a very fucked up dark comedy that is just you have to see it to believe it. Dan Aykroyd wears these contacts that make his eyes this striking blizzard blue, like this really creepy blue. And he has bleach blonde hair. And him and his wife move next door to John Belushi and his family. And John Belushi's like this straight-laced business type guy who just wants a quiet family life at his home after work. And uh, Dan Aykroyd and his wife are like swingers. And they're fucking insane fucking people who like get like getting fucked up. And they invade this guy's space and like... He goes nuts, and and John Belushi's death is kind of what marred the movie from anybody really knowing about it because it never really got a proper release because everyone was mourning his death. But it is worth a fucking watch, man. It is it is a really fucking interesting film. Did you not see the video of me and John arm wrestling? No. I stopped at the thing and I arm wrestled John. And John and was, was good. really. I saw the screenshot of it, and John was shirtless for some reason. Yes. It was very funny. Um, it got a lot of laughs. And uh, yeah, it was it was a good time. He was drunk enough to forget that I'd pulled the same trick on him. What ten years ago? Is this video still mm-hmm. available? I don't know how I would download it. It's on Mark Mark Davis filmed it live. It'll automatically save the video to your photo album, and you can just text that or email that that video, and I can edit it and put it in the podcast if you want. Okay. Oh really? What? Why are you asking? <laughs> Well, it was a general question for everybody, but... <laughs> well, that didn't fucking sound like it. I'm sorry. Can you guys, can you guys see this? Fuck you, 
<laughs> I am fully <holy> hard. <laughs> Come on, John. You have the power of alkaline trio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait to see that. I'm sorry, my view. Ding, ding, ding. In this corner, weighing in at many pounds, John Capozo. Ding, ding, ding. And in this corner, weighing in at a bunch of pounds also. Yes. Bob Ripperden. Is it Ripperden or Ripperden? Okay, well, I always thought Ripperden said it. On the count of three. One, two, three. Good. 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 No, 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 I'm not going to try to break that. I just wait. You going you gonna to lean on the table some more? <laughs> Take that arm off. Come this on. is what peak man looks like. Oh. Holy shit. We'll just stay here for a while. Uh-huh. Good. We know you. What's not going to happen, bro? <laughs> 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 this is an uh, erotic bear corner. <laughs> <laughs> I am fully hard. <laughs> Come on, Come on, John. Come on, John. You have the power of alkaline trio and many cigarettes. Ah, <laughs> oh, the power of alkaline trio in you. It's cigarettes. She says I have the power of alkaline trio and cigarettes. <laughs> and many cigarettes. <laughs> and many cigarettes. Oh. And that's what made me laugh and stop. But I'll send that to you guys. I love that. That is so cool. So, so your... fucking, so fucking random. The look on John's face. So he sent that I was picture like, of them. <laughs> he sent a picture of them playing cards. So I I, I messaged Mark Davis quietly. I'm like, hey, you, how long are you guys gonna be there? And he's like, I don't know. I'm like, well, I'm coming over. Don't tell John. So I stopped and bought them each an old E and a Tijuana Mama sausage. <laughs> and. I'm standing behind Johnny. He has no idea I'm there, and I dropped the OE in front of him, and I, I said something. He turned around. And he was like, <laughs> that was like, what the fuck? "Like, what are you doing here?" We do. We only see each other once a week on on the computer. <laughs> We're not right. real people anymore. I thought yeah. it was it was really funny because I'm sitting there watching TV, relaxing, and all of a sudden my phone beeps, and there's a picture of John's ass crack. Sitting in a chair. Did you stop at the card game? Yep. I'm like, thanks for sending me that, man. Appreciate that. <laughs> what did you guys all think of the Army of the Dead trailer? I'm, I'll watch it, but it didn't. It didn't really like do anything for me. I like Dave Bautista as an actor. Uh, I thought I thought you were all like, excited about it. I'm gonna. All right, honey. I'll see you in a bit. I want to see it because it's Zack Snyder, but I mean, I just have questions, like. The zombie apocalypse happens, and they somehow contained it in only Las Vegas? Yeah. Okay. And, and, and the American dollar still has value? Like, how does that happen? And there's a queen There's a queen zombie. I, I don't know what's going on. Exactly. We don't know the story yet. My big thing is, if the zombie apocalypse happens, and you have it contained in Las Vegas... I think even every like bleeding heart in the world would be. You know what? It's okay to nuke Las Vegas. Let's just eliminate this problem. Let's just eliminate this problem and not worry about one escaping over the trailers and barbed wire fence one day to have this outbreak everywhere. I just I, I don't understand. Like the we've bombed the hey, you know what, Paul? times already. I mean, what's what's one more? Hey, you know what, yeah. Paul? Paul, hey, Paul. Zombie rights are human rights. Okay, fuck out. <laughs> no, no, John. When it comes to the point where I have you in a shed outside, like the guy at the end of Shaun of the Dead, you're just going. You're my video game partner. You have no rights anymore. Um, they actually, not all of them prefer the term zombie. Some of them prefer the term not living or Z. 
So just <clears throat> you know, check your privilege at the door, bitch. I'll refer to John as the not living. Yeah, yes, yes. I'm referring to myself as that. So <laughs> we're right. good. Well, Aww, so I'm, I'm, so I'm dead or not. Once you decide you want to have me as a meal, you lose all privilege to life. It's fair. What if your plane crashes in the Andes? Then, then look. I have said this since I was 15 years old after watching that movie Alive. So I'm a big boy. So if the four of us are on a plane sitting side by side and the plane's going down, before we even hit the ground, I'm gonna bite a chunk out of one of you motherfuckers. <laughs> what have I got to lose at that point? But here's the thing, though. You being a big boy, your body is going to survive off of the fat that you have stored longer than somebody who is thin and that athletic. That doesn't mean so I'm not going to take a bite out of your ass on the way down. Yeah, you're going to be hungry, but you're actually going to stand a better chance of survival than the skinny fuck said next well, I, to I, I understand how that works, but I'm just giving you all fair warning if we're ever in that situation. I'm giving hey, you all fair okay. warning. There's going to be a lot of skin. If all four of us are on a plane that's going down, I'm taking a page out of Brody Lee's uncle's handbook, and I'm just going to whip out my cock and start feeling really masturbating. He was just masturbating furiously. <laughs> and then everybody started pulling other pieces and going to town. Well, See, did he come or what? I'm trying I'm trying Jesus, to man, some things you trying to talk about on a plane. I'm trying to picture us on a plane. Like, they're not going to put all four of us on the same side. Because the plane's going to go like this. If that scenario ever happened, and I would like to think, God forbid, you or my brother passed away, I would have John cook whoever regardless. I would trust him to know what the best part. So, the reason we're here today is because I had to sit through that six-hour shitstorm of a documentary... I decided my payback would be to have these fuckers watch The Notebook. Was not payback. It was for one of them, because I knew one of them did not want to watch it. I did not at all. Correct. At yeah, all. you were being I a sp- bitch about it. I spent I spent the first 20 minutes of that movie making fucking hateful <laughs> fucking notes about what a piece of shit movie it was. And then after 20 minutes, I was like, this movie's pretty good. <laughs> and then by the end... And then by the end, I just, you know, someone was cutting fucking onions in my room. <laughs> uh, the onion ghost, as I call him, and I just have tears streaming down my face. Can I and, then I, and then I text Bob with a simple phrase, fuck you, Bob, I hate you. I like to talk about the beginning of the fucking notebook, okay? Are, are you going to... I know, I know it was a different time and a different place, but... Basically, he hops up on the Ferris wheel and he's like, if you don't go out with me, I'm going to fucking kill myself. <laughs> How fucking creepy is that? That's not romantic. That's fucking psychotic. But that was the time. If you remember last week, we were talking about Band of Brothers, or maybe the week before. We were talking about Band of Brothers and Saving Private Ryan, and I just restarted watching Band of Brothers again. And they, so the, the, the actual... Uh, soldiers that are that they interviewed at the beginning of the show and all that. They, one of them, the first episode, talks about there was guys from my town who weren't eligible to enlist, so they killed themselves. It was a different time. That's how I took it. What does that have to do with climbing a Ferris wheel and saying, if you don't go out with me, I'm going to kill myself? It was a different time. I, I think what Doug's trying to say is, like, it was with pre-internet, before you could see everything you wanted to see digitally, when you found something you wanted, it was like literally life or death. And life expectancy at the time was probably like forty, late 40s to not early even. 50s. Yeah, not even so, that. And courting was different. Like, you actually had to court women. You couldn't just pay them a couple bills and then, you know, sleep with them that night. I mean, you or could. Them. Yeah. But you were oh, going to get something with it that you didn't want. It was a lot cheaper. It would have been like 50 cents a lot. Okay, moving on. I don't know what to say. Uh, he did say in the film he only made 40 cents an hour. So Yeah. Uh, it was figure. really nice. It was really, really nice to see my favorite <laughs> Kevin Connolly in something other than Entourage. <laughs> I, I, love, I love that little guy. I'm sorry, dwarf. I can't say anymore. My favorite dwarf, Kevin Connolly. I bet he's taller than you. I'm fine, man. Fuck you. Like, uh, the bun- what was the Married with Children's like spoof show? Oh, he played the son of that dude. Yeah, right. okay, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, 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 you're right. I can't think of the name, but I know what you're talking about. It was a shitty episode, it had, too. It had like a puppet. Was it, was in... like a, it was like if Alf and Married with Children 
fucked and had a kid, it would have been that show. The show that Paul is talking about is called Unhappily Ever After. Yes, that Thank had you. that was. I, that's not the same show I'm talking about, but I know what show he's talking about. That, that was ran the Bob, for a hundred episodes, and it was really funny. It was had Nikki Cox with her big tits out, and 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 uh, 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 Bobcat Goldthwait is the voice of the puppet character. That's a funny show. Yeah, I didn't know it ran for four years. What's funny, John? Uh, I love you so much. You're so cute. Shut up. <laughs> What's You're the name of that show again? Excited. Unhappily ever after. Because I I forget because I rem it's it's fun to me that as old as I get and as bad as my memory gets that I can still remember this shit and it it makes me feel like a kid again when I can't stop rem when I stop remembering stuff like this and getting excited then I'm really terrified. I'll be really terrified when Doug hands me a notebook and the opening page says <laughs> whenever I'm lost <laughs> and I'll come back to you. <laughs> I feel like I just I feel like we could use that book now as a conversation on what Doug had for breakfast. Just do a bong hit into my mouth <laughs> if you ever find me. <sighs> oh, boy. Okay, oh, boy. so how, uh, would you, how would you rate the notebook overall? I'm going to give it four out of five milliliters. And what did you think you would give it going into it? One milliliter. I thought it was going to be... Fucking rot, like, like a fucking chick flick. I heard it was kind of a tearjerker. That's all that I knew walking into it. And oh, I, this I is Tom, this is your first time watching it? Yeah. Yeah, it's my first oh. time watching it. Oh, I, I didn't know that. It. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. He did not want to watch this movie. The other, the other notes that I made was like, that fucking sex scene when they're young is the most awkward thing I've ever fucking seen on film. Who? That. What? Standing at opposite, standing at the opposite end of the room, like I'm gonna take my shirt off, I'm gonna take my pants off, and I'm. What the fuck is going on? Who fucks like this? Who fucks like this? Is this what they did back in the fucking forties? Holy fucking shit, that's weird. <sighs> all I can hear in my head with that one thing. I guess she's all fucking American time. Like nervous and talking, and I'm just like, oh my god. Put my fucking pants on. I've been like, enough. I'm done. I'm out of here. And I, who hurt? I would have went to the woods, jerked off, and just went about my fucking night. Who hurt you? Man? All I could hear during that scene in my head who was Stifler from American Wedding going, "Uh, uh none of this. We go, you go, bullshit." <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? That scene who honestly you? makes me think of a uh, Dawson's Creek. How like the first time Dawson and Joey were gonna kiss, it would show like them on one side of the room all the way is like they're just slowly coming in like and do you remember that sketch on um MTV where they were reenacting that on the MTV movie awards yeah Samuel Jackson Sam Jackson just talks yeah. like you motherfuckers get this shit over with already just kiss just already. kiss already yeah and then and Dawson looks at him and he's like he's like oh wait you need the fucking song and then Sam Jackson starts singing, I don't want to wait. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I don't remember shit like that. That's fucking nuts. I love how you get excited yeah. over stuff like that, John. It's cute. It's adorable. Oh, God. I was going to look up on the internet and see if somebody has actually counted. Because I'm really curious of this fucking statistic of the movie. How many fucking times does this cunt hit this man? Oh, fair amount. <laughs> Holy shit! She fucking must have hit him fucking over a hundred times in that movie. I was like, stop fucking hitting him. Oh my god. When would you say our grandma and grandpa got together? What year? Like? I could tell you exactly. They were both 12 years old when they met, and grandpa was born in night. He was born uh, right before the Titanic sank. So around there. Yeah. So to your point, John, when you do say, was that the way it was back then? Like, my memory of my grandparents, as long as they were together, towards the end of my grandfather's life, I watched my grandmother beat the fuck out of my grandfather. I watched that woman throw pots and split his head open. I watched her kick his fucking car door in on him and bust his leg up. I watched my grandmother abuse the fuck Jesus. out of my grandfather. And whenever we asked my grandfather, why the fuck do you tolerate it? Why not just beat the fuck out of her or leave? And he's like, I, to death do us part. My grandfather was one of those guys who was so genuine. Uh, you got to give full context of our grandparents uh, on that side, especially on that side. They met when they were 12 years old. And let me describe to you my grandfather real quick. 
literally the most honest, kind man that you would ever meet. And when we talk about racism and shit like that, here was a guy ahead of his time. Because he would walk out, walk into a Perkins and like there'd be a line waiting for tables. And he would walk up and sit down with a black family, a Mexican family, and be like, hey, how you doing? And just start talking to them and asking them about their life, where they came from, shit like that. That was stuff he did. He looked like James Dean. That's no bullshit. My grandpa has, has a young man look like James Dean. My grandma looked like the blob from Rocco's Modern <laughs> It sounded. Like Mama Fertelli from the Goonies like is what that. she sounded like. <laughs> like, it was so weird, because if you ever saw pictures of them and their kids, and then you saw them as they were older, it's the weirdest fucking mismatch, and that bitch held all the power. The only thing I can think of is my grandmother's cunt must have milked his cock like a cow. <laughs> I was, I was about to say, Grandpa, why do you tolerate that? And your grandfather fucking re- re- replied, replied, she got that snapper puss to yell. Yeah, uh, that's how it was back I, then, John. All right. Well, yeah, I guess just different time, different Sorry, place. Sorry, Bob. Okay. Uh, those, those were all my notes. I'm, I'm done here. Okay, so this is when you started liking the movie now. Is when Yeah, I started, I started, getting, I started getting into it after... I stopped hating on it. Probably about the first like thirty minutes, I was hating on it, and then I uh, I kind of got locked in. And I think we're locked in. Was that after after twenty minutes, I realized that James Gardner and uh, Rollins, Cat Cat Catherine yeah. Rollins, were were the two main characters, and I was like, oh shit, she's got fucking Alzheimer's. He doesn't fucking remember. She doesn't remember him, and he. I was like, oh shit. I was like, that's fucking, that's, yeah, that's not good. You got Shadowland. And at the end, and at the end, when 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 it all comes together, you know it's coming, but it's still, you're just like, God damn it! And we talked about this last night, somebody and I did, about how visceral that was. Like, the the, it's jarring to watch the performance of James Gardner with his wife, who doesn't know him, watch the sun go down and have this beautiful moment and then sit down to have dinner and she snaps into it and remembers everything. And then almost as quickly as she does, she forgets it and panics the fuck out. And the look of horror and pain in James Gardner's face and eyes, (sighs) dude, it is fucking heartbreaking, man. Oh, it's fucking... Yeah, that's some really good acting. I'm actually glad we did this because I haven't watched it in like 10 years, but I've seen it like 20 times in my life. First off, I want to say, I'm not going to rate it, but what I'll say is probably the greatest romantic movie of our time. And the reason I say that is because right now, no matter who you are, what you believe, where you come from, what your background is, there's a little something for everybody. Like, if you're a hard-working, blue-collar guy, you can see yourself in that role. Brian Gosling, when he's trying to claw his way up and like working in the lumber mill and shit like that. Um... Am I, is my internet terrible right now? You little bit. No. You're robotic. It, 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 it was just a little bit. But now yeah, you're coming back, back up. Yeah, just, I'm looking at the, the tech, and it just went back up. Um, if you're a feminist who, like, a woman doesn't need a man, you had her going to college and branching out on her own. If you're a veteran, you had that World War II scene in there where he went off, and, like, if he died, it wouldn't have mattered to him because he lost his love. It just, I think a slew of people could have watched this movie and at some point related to one of the characters. With related that said, to one of the characters. They're multidimensional. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, with that said, I want to say, just to touch on something John said, uh, James Garner, can we all recognize what a national treasure he was? Like, if oh, you absolutely. Absolutely. Like, any movie His he was whole in, career. Yeah. yeah, he was great. He was one of the greatest actors, like, just ever. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and like, fucking man. I thought this was a really, really good swan song to be in his late career before he died, to have that in there. Absolutely. Agreed with you, John, on the whole her hitting. Like, I was just like, God, that's she's always... And you know if it was really back then, he would have thrown a couple back at her. Like... Oh, yeah, they couldn't show that. They couldn't show that in the movie. Even in 2004. Oh, yeah. Oh, she would have... Even in 2004. Um... One, I, I got I talked a little bit to, to Doug about this. He knew something's coming that really grinded my gears. Watching it now, something really bugged me because when I started watching the movie, I was just like, my favorite fucking scenes for some reason were Ryan Gosling rowing, like rowing in the ducks, rowing through the lakes, and I was just like, God, these are really good scenes. Did anybody watch the credits? Like when the actual credits start rolling, cast in order of appearance. Yeah. 
Look at the very first credit. I challenge everybody when this podcast is over, look at the very, very first credit in the credit and cast of appearance. It says Roller, Tyler something or other. Yeah, I saw. Tyler Labine? There's an identical... No, there's there's a guy who looks just like Ryan Gosling, and Ryan Gosling didn't want to do any of the rowing scenes because I guess he's afraid of water or something like that. So they got his doppelganger, and every time there's a Ryan Gosling scene in a boat, it's not Ryan Gosling. And that blew my fucking mind. And it, like to think that the guy looks so much like him. Anyway. Oh, doggy. Look at the puppy. Look at the puppy. Hi, puppy. There's a different. There's a different ending in the UK. Oh my god! Do they do ritual suicide? No, it just so after they fall asleep, it fades to black. It doesn't go to the part where they the nurses find them. Oh. Oh, that's that's not that relevant, I guess. I teared up quite a bit at the uh, World War II scene when they joined up with Patton's 3rd Army. They were trying to depict the Battle of the Bulge, which really boggled my mind because it was like in flat snow when there should have been a lot of trees around when they went to save Easy Company out of, out of the Battle of the Bulge because that's what that scene was supposed to represent and there was no trees. That just kind of weirded me out. Hmm. I think the uh, fiancé that w- that wasn't a real accurate representation of how the fiancé would have reacted in, the si- in that scenario at the end. No. What I can find, Paul, is the rowing thing. The rower was just that opening scene. The very first scene of the guy rowing. I read an article that he did every single thing because Ryan Gosling did not want to row. Like when it's Ryan in the ducks with her in the date, that's not Ryan Gosling. Anytime he's in the boat, it's not Ryan Gosling. It's Fredo. Do you know why I'm yeah, not I can't, I can't find anything about that. HM. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe there's a new notebook dump. <laughs> Uh, uh, who played who played uh, what's McCall's father? Ryan Gosling's father. Oh, uh, Sam Shepard. He was great in that movie. Cold in July. Sam Shepard did a fantastic job in that role as well. John, the the uh, yeah, mother. I was not, wrong. Yeah, John. I was wrong about that. I just looked it up. Yeah, I just looked that up. My bad. That was not the mother for a dream. I it's thought in- it was interesting fact though. Um, the director cast his own mother to play the part. Really? Yep. Because she was already an actress. And the uh, characters of Ali and Noah are based off of the writer of the book's actual grandparents. Um, we're based on his then-wife's grandparents. They were together for over 60 years. They told us the story of how they fell in love and parts of which eventually made their way into the notebook. Well, right on. I was like, that's an interesting little tidbit. Oh, I just wanted to see if everyone would have the same reaction. I wanted to see if literally everyone would cry. It's one of those movies to me, I can't watch it without crying, no matter how many times I've seen it. So wait a minute, this was directed by John Cassavetes, so his mother is Gina Rollins? Yes. That's fucking interesting. Yep. I'm trying to think of what else I I really know her for. I know she's been an actress for a long time, right. but there's like a there's like a maybe it was the skeleton key. I've seen that. Could have been hope floats. But shit. You know, I've never solid. seen that. <clears throat> Which one? We're not hope floats. Who's in that? I know. Not the- miss a bunch. I think I, I already much. have the next movie I'm going to have you guys watch picked out. What's the movie? There's a movie I like that I, I I think if I rewatched it today, I probably wouldn't like it as much as I did when I watched it in the theater. But it was uh, <coughs> Natalie Portman and Ashley Judd and Walmart Baby. Yeah, uh, I remember that movie. I know. Uh, I'll tell you what, here, job. I'll tell you the name of it. I'll tell you the name of it. Oh, you said Home is where the heart is. My goal is to make you motherfuckers cry constantly. Why? I do that on my own. I do that on my own, man. Everyone needs to cry. It's cleansing. Who is that? That's the mother from the notebook. Holy shit. Holy shit. Hot. God. Um, What's that? The actress she played in Red. Howard Merrim. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen Helen Mirren back in the day? Have you seen Helen Mirren now? She's still fucking yeah, hot. She's, yeah, still, she's still hot. Pull up photos of Helen Mirren from back then. Helen Mirren's got some great natural fucking saggers, man. I Helen like Mirren is just a she's just a beautiful woman. Period. With big natural saggy boobs, I love them. 
You, you always got to take that moment. Is that Helen Mirren? That's Helen Mirren. God, Helen Mirren. Helen Mirren is still hot. Tits, That's what we're saying. Those tits are fucking dope, man. Helen, <laughs> Helen Mirren did it mood scene when she was like 23. For real? I'm bringing yeah, it it's over. Like that picture, that time frame, there's a nude scene of Helen Mirren. Dude, they're spectacular. I'm looking at a picture of her in age of consent when she was, if I had to guess, I'd say mid to late 20s, early 30s. And I didn't realize this, but I'm looking at a whole set of other photos when she was like, not that long ago, like recently topless. They look amazing. Yeah, this woman really, ages he, phenomenally. I can't, I can't. I can't wait to write the synopsis for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? I love big tits, man. I can't help it, dude. I, I got back into Lube in a big <laughs> bad way, bro. I feel like I'm a kid all over again. For me, the Notebook. I went into the Notebook a lot like John did when I first watched it. Now, anyone who truly knows me knows that I'm a fucking sap. I love sappy shit. I mean, that's just who I am. I don't come off that way to most people, but once you know me, you know I love romantic bullshit. And in the beginning, watching it, I was like, alright, some of this dialogue is really fucking corny. I liked the Ferris wheel scene. I do get that it was creepy, but I thought it was also hilarious at the same time, when he's holding on with one hand. like, And then she's like, for the love of God, just, just say yes. And he's like, oh, okay. You know? Just so nonchalant about it. Watching it, especially the scene where she snaps out of reality and back to her current reality, it reminded me so much of my grandmother's when they had Alzheimer's and having to see my grandfather live through that. So that, that particularly hit close to home. And, you know, my grandfather was no James Garner, but, no, he felt that same shit, you know. So, and I was, I was probably 10 years old when I saw that shit go down in real life, and I can still remember it. So, and I did a lot of drugs, so the fact that I can still remember it says a lot. Alzheimer's um, is a vicious disease, man. It's fucking, it, and, you know, we, I, I've talked to Doug about this privately, but two years ago now, I had to trick my mom into going and get tested for it. Because her memory is starting to go. And like I said, both of my grandmothers has it and it is a genetic disease. After a lot of testing, we found out that my mother doesn't have it, but she does have a problem with the executive function of her brain. The neurologist basically said it's almost like my mom has ADHD, where her brain will just start thinking about other things too much so she forgets other things that she should be remembering and that she was critically low on vitamin B12. So I've started having to give my mom a vitamin B12 shot monthly. Because if your vitamin B12 gets too low, your memory will start to go. Yeah, that's one of the supplements I take on a regular basis. I never linked it to memory, though. It just, as much as I know about the human body, it, those two never clicked for me. How old is your mom, Bob? Uh, 69. Well, she was born in 52, so yeah. 69! Yeah, so, I... <laughs> I, I, just to jump in. I'm going to smack you next time I see you just for that. Yeah, I'll call for. Oh, come I'll on. i got to bring a little humor. Look, I didn't say where I was going to smack you, but I am going to smack you. That's fine. I deserve it. I'm good with that. <laughs> I had a passenger last night. Um, a dark-skinned woman um, was, I believe, dating or married to a very white dude, and we were talking. And uh, she's, we were just talking about people today and how they just judge people based on political beliefs or the color of their skin or whatever. And she's like, you know what, man? She's like, I wish everyone was literally just one color. It's like, she's like, if we were all fucking purple, the world would be a lot better place. She's like, even amongst my own people, and she's like, and by my own people, I mean black people. She's like, do you know how bad colorism is? And I said, yeah, I only know that because one of my former black roommates explained it to me. Yeah. It's not something I've personally experienced, but I have heard what they've gone through because they're too dark or they're too light or whatever. And, you know, white people, we don't really think about that. It's not... I don't look at John and think, man, he's so much more white than me. She's like, you know, and now there's people getting separated over the whole transgender issue she's like and yeah while i may not want 
them sharing a bathroom with my kid, she's like, here's my solution to that. Just have all bathrooms be unisex and call it a fucking day. This is a random question for both of you two, because you would know more than I would. Is it normal to get emotional when you're on an opiate? Yep. Because when John was talking about his dad, I was about to cry. That's what they're known for. He was yeah. crying. We, yeah. I, was, I started they, they, they make you very, very vulnerable. It has something to do with the dopamine. That's making you feel good, but you also... Um, you know, someone once asked me what does shooting up heroin in your arm feels like, and I said, have you ever been in love? And they go, yeah, of course, and I'm like, no, 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 like, have you ever felt that feeling in your gut, that euphoric feeling in your gut when you're, when you're with somebody and you meet somebody and you get that feeling in your stomach, they go, yeah, I know what you're talking about, I go, multiply that by a fucking thousand, that's what it feels like shooting heroin the one thing opiates did for me, they did make me very emo- They made me less vulnerable. They dropped my vulnerable. I think that's why I started smoking pot with them, is to kind of balance it out a little so, bit. So you're saying they made you more vulnerable? They made you. Painkillers made me feel more vulnerable to, to who yeah. I was. Like, I at one point, like, I... Yeah. I stopped going out and stopped talking to people and I started becoming more emotional and, and, and trying to figure out in my head why I was doing what I was doing, what was affecting me, what brought... I literally... Like, I spent a year trying to figure out like what's bringing me into this... Twist. Here's the other thing that you're going to experience, Bob, is when you start coming down off of your eye, it's going to be the exact opposite and you're going to get very fucking irritated very easily and... Your, your, your fucking your patience, which I already know with you is slim to none. It's gonna Bro. completely disappear. So well, me and my wife were talking. On I've only taken one yesterday and one today, just because my knee is that fucking bad. I don't, I don't like don't taking. Right. I don't like taking any kind of painkillers. Me and my wife were just talking about this last night. The fact that I've been way more irritable lately than I have in a year, and it's because my doctor took me off of my um. To fuck uh, my depression medication, and so I'm going to refill it and restart it today, and hopefully get myself more balanced out again. Because you've seen it in some of the episodes. Like I'll just fucking like the Q episode. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> I was diagnosed as manic depressive and borderline bipolar, and you all have seen that over the years at various times. I can just flip out of nowhere. And I wish I could control it. It's you know, but hey, man. I guess I guess in my head, I would rather be those two things than I would be schizophrenic. <laughs> you know, it's like I would much. Yeah. It's like upgrade says, man. It's just a chemical imbalance, man. It ain't you. Yeah, I have a really bad chemical imbalance. As diagnosed, uh, I'm clinically depressed. Do you guys know what that means? Yeah. My body doesn't produce serotonin as the same level as everybody right. else, so it's hard, me, it's hard for me to get or potassium. It's hard, it's hard for me to get like generally happy and like excited about shit. That's why most of the time I'm just like, yeah, really good. Well, like, I don't get that same feeling through your body that other people do. Like, but see, that's. Like, that that is also the same reason when someone like me or you takes something like let's say ecstasy as an example, you have that euphoric feeling, but the next day you don't have the come down like everyone else does, where they're crying. I was always right. fine I the feel, next I day. I always felt fine. I always felt yeah because we aren't chemically balanced properly. To a normal person, they're gonna come down on a major crash because they've right. used up all their serotonin for a fucking month. There was one question I did want to ask about yeah. keeping on the notebook topic that I that I forgot. Sorry, I bumped off. I just had to reboot the router. This question is kind of geared towards John and Doug, not so much you, Bob, because you are married. Just out of curiosity, did you guys get any feelings of anxiety thinking about like how we're in our mid thirties to early forties, not married, no kids? I was just wondering, like, how you guys felt about that watching the movie. I have become. You know, I used to be this fucking, you know, Bob could contest to that, Doug could contest to that. I used to be this fucking hopeless romantic where, like, the only thing that I wanted was to find someone to be with them, get married, have kids. And that was a big part of who I was for a lot of years in my youth. And it caused a lot of problems emotional and psychologically with me. And then 
I don't know. I think it was going through drug addiction and going through recovery where I kind of just started relying on myself and myself only and became just more of a strong individual, not codependent, and I stopped thinking that I needed somebody else in my life to be happy. And that's kind of where I've been since then. Um, I do not, I'm not on any dating websites. I don't actively pursue anything like that. I mean, if I meet somebody, I meet somebody. But as far as that being a big, uh, you know, thing in my life coming up, you know, I'm 37 years old. I, I, I don't know. I don't want to say I've abandoned all hope of it happening, but it's not. It's not something I'm striving for. If it happens, it happens. And I've kind of come to peace with that, if that answers your question. Doug? Mine is very similar to John. There, there was a, a time and place where I, I've, I've given a lot of thought about it. I mean, I had 12 years of numbing myself out to sit in bed high thinking about it. But uh, there, there was a point where I think I was raised in a culture at a time in the world where it was heavily impressed upon you that you were supposed to grow up, meet a girl, fall in love, have kids, and have this life. And it was reinforced by by comic books, by movies, by the games I loved, say anything, uh, fucking sure thing. And then on the on the same end, so was sex. Like sex was always sold to me. Like, hey man, Porky's, uh, the fucking Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Like, this is what you do. This is what you got to be into. And I always had this expectation of, of what it was supposed to be like and, and, and how things were supposed to happen, when I, whether it be sex or falling in love. And, and sex in my life, I've had a handful. Of, I mean, I, I could talk about the meaningless sex I've had, and I could joke about it, and I love doing it to fuck with John. But, but the reality is it's always come easy to me to, to joke and talk about it, but it is not easy for me as anybody who's been in a relationship with me can, t- can attest uh, 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 an easy part of uh, or aspect of, of my life or any relationship I've been in. I've, I've enjoyed sex with a hand, total of two women. I've had sex with a lot more than that, but only two of them I ever got the, holy shit, this is amazing, because I actually gave a shit about the, the people I was having sex with. Um, wow. At some point, I realized the love, the caring about somebody was what did it, but going into... A relationship or trying to meet somebody and trying to develop common ground and feelings kept feeling like it was getting harder the older I got like times were changing more rapidly when I was 24 25 is when I got a, my first flip phone and by 30 something I had a Blackberry and technology was just rapidly quicking it was it was live journal it was myspace it was Facebook and then it just became inundated and anytime I would see people in person I went on tons of blind dates in Florida it, it, it like Al Cap- was Al Capone's or Ford's garage I've taken tons of tinder dates out there and they started and ended with a drink like it was just the most uncomfortable because girls would be on their phones you wouldn't have any common interests wouldn't have any background so like John, I just reserved to the fact it's like, I'm good with this. Like if I get horny, I'll just jerk off. But like, I don't need to impress somebody to spend the rest of my life with me. I just got to worry about impressing me because I'm the one that has to live with me for the rest of my life. You know, and Paul, I know this wasn't dedicated or towards me. I'm losing sense of words, but, and I've said it before and I'll say it again. If me and Rachel were to not work out, I would not in any way even try to date someone again. I just, I'm good. You know, I'm, I'm 43 years old. I've known her since we were six, 15 or 16 years old. Did she go to Riverdale? We've been, no, no, no. I've never dated anybody from Riverdale. I always dated good girls who went to Christian schools. <laughs> uh, I, was, I was the bad boy from the wrong side of the tracks. Was that Tice? But, but, <laughs> but, but in my case... But in my case, it's actually true. Both her and were from a Christian school. Somehow, I always ended up dating girls from Christian schools, which, yeah. Seeing as how we dated for, what, five years when we were kids, and we've been together eight or nine years this time, if it were to fall apart, yeah, dude, I would no, be solid today. No, yeah. you, you, are, you are absolutely, without a doubt, in your forever home right now, buddy. You've got your yeah. owner for life. Or until death do you part. Now, uh, before we depart, out of curiosity, because now I'm, you've got my curiosity. I want to hear what Paul has to say. I would like to hear what Paul has to say as well. So, I have no regrets in life. 
I have I have accomplished a lot of things that I wanted to. I've accomplished things that I never intended to. Um, I've been married. I thought I met the girl that I loved with all my heart and wanted to live my life with. I've slept around. I've been a dog, just filling the physical needs. Um, but looking back, the one thing, if I was to pass, to say a regret in life is not being a father. I want. I, I think I would have been a good father. I wanted to be a father. I've wanted to be a father since as long as I can remember. And I think I can remember this distinctively. My thirtieth birthday, I, I was deployed. I, I wasn't in the military. I was a civilian by this point. But I was deployed fixing a ship in the Pacific. Uh, and I was flying back to, to South Carolina, and my birthday was on the overnight flight back, and uh, I didn't realize it was my birthday, and it was actually the stewardess who I wanted to drink just to pass out, and she carded me, and she's like, oh, happy birthday, and I'm like, oh, I didn't even realize it. And the guy next to me is like, either you're really dumb or you're really tired, and I'm like, I'm extremely tired. And on that flight, I remember like thinking, holy fuck, I'm 30 now. And like, that's where I really... Dude, how did you not punch that fucking guy? <laughs> He <laughs> upgraded me to first class. He <laughs> upgraded me to first class for free, so I didn't want to make any waves. This All the drinks for free. <laughs> but but like that's when I really started thinking about it, and I think that was the point where I realized not having kids is going to be in the cards. Like I'm not going to have kids, and I think dating after that, and I mean Doug's seen a little bit of it. I think I've subconsciously picked women who have kids. To live out that being a father fantasy, yeah. and that, that's not always a good way no. of picking somebody to be with because it makes you pick somebody who's in, inadequate for you or not the right one for you just because you're trying to fill another void. And it's sad to say, but I think I, I, I came to grips that day that I'll never have my own biological child. And I mean, if it happens, it would be the greatest thing in the world that would happen to me. But if it doesn't happen, I don't lose sleep over it anymore. I've come to terms with it. I'm, good with it. I'm fine on my own. I mean, like. Hey, Paul. I, if you. Uh, yeah. I'll be your son. You want to? You want to dote on me and buy me a PS5 when it when it becomes available? Doug, you, you have been treated more like a son by me than anybody else. <laughs> so I'm. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna Love give you man. what being a father is like in a nutshell. I've spent my whole life trying not to be like my father, which I know I'm not. But fatherhood is a constant thing of am i showing enough love am i doing the right things it's a constant argument and battle within yourself of do i tell her i love her enough do i hug her enough do i you know you want to teach her the right things but i also want to make sure she's strong and tough and you know it's it's such a weird line to walk i told you guys the story about being at the park and she didn't want to climb something she's like i'm afraid of falling so i literally just pushed her over and she's like, well, why'd you do that? I'm like, did it hurt? And she's like, no. I'm like, then you got nothing to fear. You know? I'm like, that's the furthest you're going to fall is to the ground. So, you know. And part of me is like, God, that was an asshole move. And the other side of my brain's like, she's got to learn sometime. I know how hard it's been to keep my own self alive. Like, not hard. I certainly could be doing more to be to be a better person, to be living a better life. I'm trying, health wise. I'm really am trying to put. My, and, and I've and I've figured out that like exercising regularly does put me in a different mindset. But I think about how yeah. hard of a journey it's been to 41, and I cannot imagine the burden putting the burden on a child. Like that's the reason why I don't have a dog. Like everybody keeps telling me, you need to get a puppy. You should get a puppy. You should get a dog. Hey, how about I get a dog? Go to the rescue shelter. Get a cat. I'm like, I don't feel like I love myself enough, let alone be able to have enough love to give to a, an animal the right way. Like it would be unfair for me to take on that responsibility. And I know that about myself. I don't think a lot of people know themselves the, uh, properly, and I think that true. that comes in with a lot of people. Like you need kids. You need a. You need an animal. No. You need something, and that's for I, you, and that's okay. I will never, ever tell someone, you should have kids. You know, first of all, it's completely inappropriate. You yeah. should never tell someone else what they should or shouldn't have. And there are so many people that can't have kids, and you don't know whether they can or can't. But secondly, the Earth is overpopulated, you know? Yep. If you have honest. a kid... If you have a kid, you have a kid. But I don't think you should... Unless you and your significant other enter into a relationship with the goal of having a kid, that's one thing. 
But I don't think you should just be like, oh, I've got to have a kid just for the sake of having and, a kid. And, and I'm going to say this, too. If you get pregnant and you're like, oh, well, what are we going to do? Like, should we think about it? Like, I'm tired of people. I don't know. I don't know where I was going at that point. I'm sorry. I got really fucked up. But I know John's well, tired and I'm thinking a lot about shit that I didn't think I was going to be thinking about. Now, God damn it. You made me feel like an adult. I'll fuck the episode this week. That's not <laughs> funny at all, man. I, I, but see, I like that, though. Yeah, I, I like the serious tones, too. I like the serious tones with a joke thrown in. That's that's just my humor. This is, this is why I have yet to record a sponsorship ad for us, because I don't want people knowing I do this show. <laughs> I just, I pick, like, if I ever picture Doug being a dad, I just picture like him busting his son, smoking meth, and him just being like our father, like, what the fuck are you doing with your life? Why are you smoking meth? Weed is so much better. Weed is good for you. I can honestly say... Knowing, <laughs> Knowing Doug and John the way I do, and what I know of Paul, I think all of you would make good fathers in completely different ways. Oh, this has been a feel-good fucking episode of the fucking year. Uh, <laughs> I picked up a passenger, and I said, how's your night going? And she's like, really fucking bad. And I'm like, do you want to talk about it? Because, you know, I don't, what do you say at that point, you know? She's like, I'm headed to a friend's house. We just found out one of our best friends OD'd. And I was like, oh, Jesus. And she's like, you know, she had gotten off of Coke. And then apparently she had got some, and we don't know if she just did too much or if it was cut with something, but literally saw her night before last. We were doing shots together, and now she's fucking dead. And she's like, I don't even know how to process this. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I don't know what to say to you to comfort you in any manner other than... I've had friends OD, I'm sorry, you know. On behalf of the Brothers from Mothers podcast, I'd like to apologize to you, Bob, but I'd also like to apologize to everybody viewing before we depart. Uh, I did not mean to get everybody to watch into the queue into the storm. Had I known it was going to lead to this, I never would have said a fucking word. Never would have said a word. Dear Doug, fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> Wait till you guys watch the Before Trilogy. That's all I'm going to say. I love the Before I've movies. It. I've seen it. Did, I love did it. you see Before Midnight? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've the seen last, The last one? I have them so, all. To me, the last one, that fight they have in that movie, when they're, I believe it's the hotel room, that, to me, other than the movie Marriage Story, is probably the most realistic depiction of marriage on it, like, to the point where it was hard for me to watch because it's so real. Have you guys ever seen the movie The Lovely Bones about a 13-year-old girl who gets raped by a serial killer, mainly Stanley Tucci? Let's just keep the roller, tr the fucking train of, of sorrow fucking going. All right. All right. I got my, I got my, I got my next movie. We're all going to watch Closer again. <laughs> I want to watch The Crying Game as a group. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. What What movie? Closer with Natalie Portman, the Julia one, Roberts. The one he, he talked about. Heidi Tate. Did you suck his dick? Heidi Tate. Like you, but sweeter. <laughs> never seen oh, that, never seen oh, that movie. Oh, you've never seen Holy I've never seen that movie. Oh, oh, you want to talk about couples fighting and fucking relationships? Oh, okay. yeah, we'll, we'll watch Closer and talk about it. Because okay. you know what? To me, in my past, that's the real... Fuck the notebook. The notebook's a fairy tale. Closer is fucking real life for me. Hey, we gotta go. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I love you guys. All right, man. All right, you guys. Good.